0: Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Welcome, this is Kathleen Soggy. Thanks for listening to my friend Kathy Weckworth. Today's topic is Building Strong Friendships. Throughout my lifetime, I've had friendships. I've had friends who have lifted me up. I've had friends who have pulled me down. Daddy used to say, Kathleen, you are who your friends are. In other words, if you have positive, energetic friends, you will be encouraged to be a positive, energetic person. If you have troubled, depressed, discouraged, tough friends, ouch, that sounds awful, doesn't it? You might find yourself becoming like them. Funny thing about friendships is that we need each other. We're attracted to people for all kinds of reasons. I believe that today's society is really short on friends who actually listen to us, care about us, and believe in us. What kind of a friend are you? Well, when I was in kindergarten, I met Keith Talley. He was five years old, and so was I. Keith's family lived on a farm outside of town, a pig farm, and I knew at age five that Keith was a smart kid, and I also knew that he was a nice friend to have. As time went by in junior high and high school, Keith showed us that he was not only smart, but he was dependable, reliable, humble, and a great friend to have. Participating in sports, academics, and music, he befriended anyone, no matter race, religion, or financial status. He just looked past people straight to their heart. Keith had quick wit perseverance, gentleness, and a generous soul. He loved God and he loved people. He poured that care into each and every friend he had, and when you were friends with Keith, he made you feel important. I was lucky enough to be called one of his friends. Throughout school, Keith and I sang together. He accompanied me on piano and I accompanied him. We saw each other at church events, school ball games, band and vocal concerts, and various events. One day when a teacher was pushing Darwinism, I remember crying. Totally opposite of me, Keith was always calm and level-headed. He was very patient as he talked to me about his faith and brought comfort to me. Those 13 years of friendship flew by and I moved to Minnesota to attend college. After a short while of being at Bible College in the Twin Cities unable to develop any good friendships yet, I developed a horrific depression and a heavy feeling of being so homesick had just settled into my spirit. I went into the school's big dark chapel by myself and I sat in the back pew. I begged God for help. If only he could comfort me in some small way so I wouldn't miss Iowa so much and I wouldn't feel alone. I threw open the big heavy wood doors and headed down the hall for my next class. I bit my lip, wiped a tear and told myself God's with you. And then it happened. I turned the corner, I looked up, and there was Keith Daly. Nine hours away from that place, he had traveled. Now he was walking right towards me. My childhood friend had come to visit. I couldn't believe it. And yet God's kindness had answered my prayer. After that visit, I felt my spirits lift. I remembered who I was and where I came from. I remembered that friendship is a two-way street and two friends have to really work at being friends. I launched my own personal campaign to meet new friends at college. Throughout the next few years, Keith and our friends Paul and Randy both came to my home, joined me in a studio to create a demo tape, joined me for a couple of concerts, and the years continued to pass by, and Keith called me to let me know he was marrying the most wonderful woman ever, Laura. Would I come and sing in his wedding? Laura was so much like Keith, and she soon became another dear friend. Years later, when I experienced my terrible divorce, I called Keith and Laura, supportive, encouraging, and prayerful. They helped me. When I left my job as worship director at a local church to go full-time with this ministry, Keith joined our board of directors and served with me, helping me to feel a comfort in knowing that he was trustworthy and he loved God. Time lapses, and I don't talk with Keith and Laura all the time, but as soon as one of us calls the other, we pick up where we left off. That's what good friends do. You don't need to feel awkward or guilty for not connecting before. You just pick up where you left off. Dean and I love Keith and Laura. Our friendship started some 49 years ago, well, mine did, with Keith, and it's still going. What makes Keith's friendship a deep friendship? Time, support, comfort, common threads of faith and family, and a deep desire to be a friend. A couple of years ago, it seemed as though life came full circle in my little Iowa town when my mother called me to let me know that Keith's mom moved in from the farm and bought the little brick house right behind mom's. All is right with my world. Friendships make such a huge impact on us. Friends can lift us up or bring us down. We can lift others up or bring them down. A simple word, a tender prayer, a listening ear, or a supportive hug. All of these things make up a friend. Again, I beg you to ask yourself this question. What kind of a friend am I? Well, joining me in the studio today to talk about friendship is motivational speaker and Best Life staffer Kathleen Soggy. She serves as the Director of Prayer Support. I am so glad you're here with me, my friend. Well, Kathy, thanks so much for letting me be here today with you in the studio. That's really fun. I love it. And we usually talk on the phone, so it's kind of weird to have you sitting right next to me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So Kathleen, you and I have been friends for the past seven years, and we work together, pray together, play together, invest in one another. If someone's listening out there today who's desperately searching for a good friend, what would you tell them to look for, and how would they go about finding friends? What do you think?
1: Well, I think it's really important to just start with God and ask him, To be your friend, first of all, because maybe that's something you've never even considered before. And I think God has ways of connecting dots and putting people together because he knows we all need each other. We do. So first of all, I would just let yourself be open to God. Maybe you've never been open to him before, but just say, you know, God, I want friends, but would you please be my friend? Because he's there Mm
0: 24-7,
1: seven days a week, night and day. But then after that, I think you can ask God, put people in my path that you think are going to be good for me, people that will encourage me, challenge me, help me to grow,
0: people that I can be a blessing to, people that can help me. Mm -hmm. And I just read something this morning, Kathleen, that I loved, and it said, don't try to bring those people back into your life that God has pushed out. Because maybe they're bad for you. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe it's something that is bringing you down. Look for the people that God is bringing in. And I think, don't you think it's hard today? I mean, very hard. You know, I know you talked to your daughter in law about this, Sarah. And, you know, as a young mom, I think, wow, it's difficult when you're trying to juggle that motherhood, jobs, you know trying to figure out where can you fit friends in and how can you be a friend? What do you think about that?
1: Well, yeah, Sarah, Sarah and I were talking about that this morning, and, and she just said how hard it is when she goes to kids' events with her daughter, Zoe, and they, you know, have all these parents around, and she says she sees people on their phones all the time, mm-hmm. and she wants to make friends, get to know other parents, but everybody's kind of in their own world, looking on their cell phones, and she said it's it's hard to make friends because people are so busy, they're so stressed out, and they kind of go into their own little worlds when their cell phones can kind of be their they friends. Do,
0: because there's so many things that cell phones do with all of the apps. I mean, it's just a continual thing that people are, you know, getting new information all the time. They're constantly feeding that them into themselves. And I know you and I have talked about this before that, the day and age of people coming over for coffee and sitting down and looking directly at you like right now in the studio you and i are looking at each other and it's so weird because we're always on the phone you know right you live far away from me and we get together i don't know what do you think once a a month or something probably and so it's very difficult for people to be able to make those relationships work because of time i wish that, you know, I could figure out what's the answer for all of us. How can we be less busy? If I did, I'd probably be really wealthy. You would. We'd be millionaires, Kathy. Exactly. Okay, well, let's talk about this. Three things that make our friendship work, because we've been good friends for a long time. We've had a couple of times where we thought, okay, we're going to have to work through this. And I love it because you're really good about that. You're good about listening and talking. But I want to know what are three things that you think makes our friendship work. And then I'm going to tell you what I think. You go. Okay.
1: Well, number one, I think our friendship was a divine appointment. I think was, God yeah. knew that we both had some of the same interests and we had the same purpose of just connecting with God, helping other women come to know the Lord and find the peace and joy amidst the trials of life. That was one of our common interests. Yeah. And I love being real, and I love the fact that you are so transparent and so real. That's my favorite part about you. Thank you. And you're always kind and honest and you have a way about being honest without being rude and you're always sensitive to people's thoughts and you're very comforting and encouraging and so that's really been a good foundation for our friendship and you're always respectful and I think those are things that are really important to me that that I loved about your personality,
0: Kathy. You're so kind. So here's what I think makes our friendship work. Number one, we have time for one another. So um, we know that if we're on the phone and you say to me, oh, I got to go because Rachel, your daughter's on the phone and she's a busy pastor. So I know that if you say that or, you know, Jim and Chris are coming and they need lunch and you have to go, I don't get grouchy about it. I totally understand. We pick up where we left off. I know that your family is important to you, and so I don't have an issue with that. We make time for one another. The thing that I really enjoy about you and I is that we're on the phone, and I'll say, okay, here's what's happening, and you'll say, go, and then I'll just talk, 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 talk. You'll listen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I'll say, okay, now I'm done, and then I'll say, you go. That's <laughs> so great because You know it's a it's a two-way street you talk i listen i talk you listen and i think that's what today's friends are missing Mm -hmm. nobody wants to listen farmer dean tells me this all the time kathy you're the only person that will listen to me so i think people are really going to need to work on that number two i really believe that honesty thing is really important because um i was telling you earlier i had a girlfriend who worked with me and You know, I was up on stage and we had Easter service and there were probably six or 700 people at the service. And when everything was said and done, she pulled me aside and said, okay, never wear that shirt again. And I said, how come? And she said, because it's just pulling at the bottom. It's not attractive. It's not flattering. Don't do it. And I know, ouch is right. And the next thing I knew for the next event, she purchased my clothes for me Mm. um, and said, this is what you're going to wear. And she met well and and fabulous. I, I thought that was great. But that was like a little too honest. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to figure out where's the honesty that you're not lying. But how can you tenderly say to your friend, you know, that's not something you should be doing or that doesn't look so great on you without offense. And then the other thing is, um, like I said before, I just really think that when you and I are together or talking on the phone, we're OK. We don't hold grudges um, You know we're we're not jealous we aren't having issues so those are the things that i really enjoy about this friendship and the thing that i say that i always am you know trying to remind myself and other people is that to have friends means you have to be a friend and you have a lot of friends you know you've been in the same location for years and years you and jim have gone to the same church you have your work friends you have a very large family um, so what I want to talk about next is, do you think it's valuable to have a lot of different friends, um, to have a few close friends? How how do you value friendships? What does that look like in your world?
1: Well, I think we have to start by treating other people the way we want to be treated. You know, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think you just have to start by, by just being open and, and kind and friendly to people But I think you can't have a ton of friends all the time. You know, you have to go with the seasons of your life, and sometimes you might have a season where you need more support than others. Maybe there's a tragedy or there's something going on. And in the other side of the fence, there's times when maybe you only have time for one close friend or maybe it's a family member, a sister, a a mother, whatever. But I think it's important to, to not... You know, determine your value by how many friends you have, I think you have to be secure in yourself and in the Lord to know that that those are seasons. Like you say, Kathy, people get off and on the bus.
0: I talk about the bus all I the time. I love that. Yeah, talk about it. Because I believe that life is like a bus. We have people that come into our lives. You welcome them onto the bus. You're the bus drivers. Come on on. And, and it's they're riding in your life mm-hmm. with you. They're your friends. And Sometimes people will ride for a long time. They'll be part of your life for a long time, like Keith, or mm-hmm. like you have been in my life. But then there are times when those people move, they get a different job, they go somewhere else, or there's some sort of a dissolving of that friendship, right. and they get off the bus. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean they're off for good.
1: Right. And I think that's the beauty of of having the telephone. A lot of my friendships with, with family and friends have to be by phone because I work long hours, yeah. but people are important to me, and they've got to be more important than things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as Doris used to say.
0: Yeah. And We're going to talk about Doris in a minute. I love that. Do you know what I think is fun, though, Kathleen? You will call me, and I will be working and working. Like I've been working really hard to try to finish up my latest book now. I'm, I'm writing a book called Blazer Trail. It's partnered with the topic for this 2016, and you will say to me, hi, just checking in, here's your two-minute checkup. And then we have two minutes to talk, you know, and you'll ask me how I'm doing, and I'll say, how are you doing? And it's two minutes, and we know that's it. That's all the time we have. There's nothing good, mm-hmm. you know, that you can think of that would make it longer. I mean, it's just it's just like, wow, there it is. It's done. You don't have to give that person a thousand hours. Right, yeah. right. And I think we can look at Scripture and see, I know we talked about this before, that Jesus Christ had his 12 disciples. Mm -hmm. We know that, you know, he had several of them that he was closer to. You know, he talks about, John tells that he's the one that, you know, the Savior loved. And we know um, that he didn't have as close a relationship, obviously look at Judas, you know, with everybody. And it's really hard to be friends with a huge amount of people in a deeper friendship than, you know, in every day. Um, So you have to kind of work at it. Okay, well, let's talk about Doris and Grandma Mm. Mary. because they are two of our favorites. So in life, Kathleen and I really believe, don't we, Kathleen, that you need to have friends that are older than you, Mm -hmm. younger than you, your Mm -hmm. age. And scripture tells us that older women should be mentoring younger women. And Mm -hmm. we both have that. So I had my friend Grandma Mary from uh, the minute that I arrived in Wilmer, Minnesota, to work at the church there. She was from Atwater, and she was 70, and she just walked in the door and said, here's caramel rolls and an iced tea. Mm. Let's be friends, and boy, bring me iced tea and a caramel roll, and I will be your friend. (laughs) So we learned a lot from them. I learned what it was like to really stretch my mind. She would give me lots of wisdom, things that I would never think about. Sometimes I resented it. How about you and Doris?
1: Oh, Doris. We could talk about Doris for hours. But Doris was our neighbor that lived right next door that actually prayed us in to the house next door to the rental. Yes, Yes. from Litchfield. Uh And she just prayed that God would send the right people into that little house next door. And there again, that's an answer to prayer. But Doris was a woman who was a shut-in, who had tons of medical problems. And that's a whole other story. But she would call us over for coffee and she'd say, get to your corner. And no, you have
0: to do it with the voice, Kathleen. Oh,
1: get to your corner in the Swedish brogue. Yeah. Yes, it's hard to do when I'm not. And everything that she says and Kathleen repeats has this fabulous Swedish brogue, right? <laughs> right. But she called me Tissa. Mm-hmm. But she used to call Jim Roundhead and Screwball. So I think I got go. the better you name. Did. You I got did. got a better name. But she just loved us to pieces. Mm-hmm. And she prayed for us because she knew we were having some real big struggles. Yeah. But one of the things she would do would she would, Call us over for coffee and say get to the corner and we would have coffee and rolls and she just loved to encourage people
0: and that's exactly what we just talked about right now when we were taking a little break because the big train's going by is is living your life with intent mm-hmm. being intentional in your friendships so we're living in this world of social media and everybody's attached to their phone everybody is constantly doing that. Mm -hmm. But look at Doris was like Grandma Mary. Mm -hmm. They came from an era where you called your neighbor across the street and said, hey, come over for coffee. And you looked at them and you made time for them and they were important. Right, right.
1: And those were some of the most important times of my whole life Mm -hmm. because she intentionally cared and intentionally reached out to me, even though she couldn't leave her house half the time because she had heart problems but she would pray for us at night, in the middle of the night when she'd wake up, and then the next day she'd call and say, What's going on at your house? And it was just such an encouragement to us because we didn't know at the time what a difference she was making. Mm-hmm. And she was a lot older than I was, and I just, I'm amazed now at the answers to prayer that she prayed for us.
0: Right. And I don't know about you, but I would have never sought out and looked for a 70 year old no. grandma. No. I mean, I was 40. I would have never said to myself, okay, my best friend is going to be 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And it just ended up being that way because she had, um, you know, time, mm. she had encouragement, she had wisdom to offer, and she needed me. She had lost her daughter mm. that was my age. And I'm sure that. Doris felt that way about you. And tell the listeners why you needed Doris. Well, I needed Doris
1: because my mother had died when I was 10. And when I lived in Litchfield, my family wasn't around the area. They're in Slack Center. But it just was an amazing connection to what I couldn't have in the real
0: world. Right. And so, listeners, if you're thinking that somebody's Mm -hmm. too young or too old to be your friend, that's crazy. You're looking for somebody who wants to invest time with you who has similar interests, you know, and and if you're a Christ follower, you're looking for somebody who's going to help you continue to work on that, or maybe you're finding a friend that really needs, you know, that faith themselves. Kathleen, let's talk about the downfalls. This is a tough one. The downfalls of having friendships with others that are all-consuming. So what I mean is when you have that one friend and then that's it. So, you know, looking at your life, you're married, you've got your three kids, you've got your three grandchildren. I'm married, I've got my three kids, my three grandchildren. And so if we never have anything but just one all-consuming friendship, it can start to make things kittywumpus in your right, life. Right. And I remember my pastor, you know, from my job after I got a divorce, Pastor Greg would say to me, Kathy, you've got to spend more time with your kids. You're spending too much time with your friend. Now, Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful assistant. She spent time with me. She was my best friend for nine years. She helped me walk through things. But at the end of that friendship, I had several other friends that weren't the key friend, but she only had me. Mm -hmm. And so then when I moved away and, you know, married Dean and moved away, her world started kind of falling apart. And so I think there's a really bad... Thing that happens when we are just all consumed with only one friend. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: A person has to be really careful to balance that out and and it can get off balance any any time. Mm-hmm. You know we, we have to get our priorities straight and I think it's it's God first, family second, then your your friends, your church, your ministry. And a lot of times it's just taking that intentional time to say, okay, is this person? being you know overbearing am I being overbearing are we spending too much time together Uh, and at the you know detriment of your family your spouse uh, it's really a, a hard balance and I think you're you have to be always checking on it and that's what's important about healthy relationships because they won't want all your attention because that's not healthy that's
0: right that's right And I think that we can fall into that trap because then what happens is that you actually start thinking about that person almost like what scripture talks about as an idol, because they tend to be number one and we've got to put God in that place. We've got to go seek him first. I remember Joyce Meyer saying. You know, that the first person that she wanted to pick up the phone and call was girlfriends because Mm -hmm. she had a problem Mm -hmm. and she had to tell herself, no, the first thing she was going to do is, is pick up the phone and call God, you know, (laughs) um, tell (laughs) him, I know, tell him I need help, um, talk to him first. And I think it's, it's really, um, something that can kind of go kitty wumpus. I know it did for me. Mm -hmm. So listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to your best with Kathy Weckworth. I'm talking to my friend, uh, Kathleen Soggy, and she's my dear friend. When we come back, we're going to talk to you about four important tips on developing strong and healthy friendships. Uh, this is going to be a two-part show, so we're going to have this first week with a bunch of information for you. And then next week, we're going to continue on this topic because I believe that friendship is so valuable and that today's society, it's lessening. And part of that reason is because, of course, I say it week after week we're too busy we're too busy you know figuring out all the things we've got to do for our family for our jobs for our church events so listeners think about this what kind of a friend are you friendships are so important and I don't know about you but at times I really have a tough time developing friendships Um, mostly because I'm at home in the middle of nowhere working from my office so it doesn't allow me to be in a staff setting where you get to you know, walk down the hall and say hi to 12 different people. I think it's hard today to find people who have time for friends. And then another thing is, I hear from my girls all the time, it's hard to find people who have things in common. Um, with my girls, two of them have children, one does not. And so a lot of her girlfriends are having uh, babies and then the, the interests shift. And so you have to find people that have some commonalities. And I know Kathleen tells me frequently, you know, maybe it's not 100% that you have things in common with this person. But Kathleen, what do you usually say? Well, you're lucky if you can get an 80-20 out of the deal. That's right. So maybe it's not going to be you know, right on task that you're both bowlers and both just got back from China. <laughs> um, but I think it's important that you keep looking because it's a beautiful gift to have friendships. And and we all need to do that because I think that friendships are valuable. We learn about ourselves. We learn about other people. And, and it helps you, don't you think, Kathleen, so that you're not just focused on self, not right. just on your family I love Frank Sinatra, and I often think back of the old days where he was traveling and singing with his friends, Dean Martin. Remember Dean, Kathleen? Oh, yes. He was kind of dreamy. Sammy Davis (laughs) Jr., Joey Bishop, and Peter Lawford. They appeared together on the stage and in films and called themselves, remember, Kathleen, what they called themselves? No. The Rat Pack. Oh, funny. Yeah. Our friend, the producer here, John, knows all about them. A modern-day version of Friends like that were seen on TV sitcoms do you remember any other than friends that were like people that loved each other that were friends do you remember any of those shows no John do you remember any John's our friend okay so Seinfeld he just nods Seinfeld and (laughs) Cheers even Andy Griffith it was all about those friends and Mm -hmm. they would just get together remember the Cheers theme oh I loved it where everybody knows your name. They're always glad you came. We all want to know and be known. Mm. Friends are valuable and important. And when I see people with close relationships, I want that same thing. I want a friend that cares about me. Um, Very frequently, I'll sit down with somebody like I did with you, Kathleen, where you and I met at my first conference in Litchfield, and I just felt like God said to me, this person needs to be your friend. That was what you talked about, having a divine intervention from god that mm-hmm. said this is a divine appointment where you're in the same place at the same time i am and we went out for supper pie. at applebee's supper. and three hours later yeah it i said wild. come and work with me and you wild. did you said yes it was wonderful in scripture we see that kind of friendship that deep friendship between king david and his friend jonathan now if you don't know the story you've got to go back in scripture and read about them because they're in first samuel and also You'll see some of that in the book of Psalms. Jonathan's father was just a real stinker. I would call him very naughty. His name was King Saul. King Saul was a jealous man, very jealous of King David, and David wasn't the king at the time. He was threatened and constantly trying to chase after him. And so poor David was running, and on many occasions, Jonathan, King Saul's son, would warn his dear friend, Listen, David, here's what my father's got planned now we learn a lot from scripture and that friendship of jonathan and david they were both princes of israel one by birth the other by marriage they were both in line to assume the throne of israel both were trusted by the men they led in battle and each accomplished great tasks but they had this really deep friendship and i loved this verse especially first samuel 20 41 they wept together when they parted but david more so boy i love that david he was really a musician wasn't he He was a great guy so today i just want to encourage you what kind of a friend are you are you making time for friends are you investing in them is it all about you or are you returning that and building strong friendships means that you have to work and invest not tons of time but you have to invest something of your time and yourself let me pray for you and then join us next week because we're going to continue this topic about building strong friendships Dear Jesus, thanks for sending us friends. I'm so grateful for my friends that I have, and I'm especially grateful today for Kathleen. Help us to be wise in who we choose to have in our lives as friends. Help us pick friends that are godly, kind, loving, supportive. And please help us to be a good friend to others. Thank you that you consider us one of your friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and friends, I'm glad that you're listening today. And if you want to check out any of the old podcasts, you can tune right into iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks for spending time with us. Blessings to you. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. best.